So let's discuss how to use fear to elevate basketball performance. And I know this is the opposite of what a lot of players experience, where fear acts like this sort of vice grip on our game that makes us tight and nervous and hesitant and can cause really talented players to turn into a shell of themselves on the basketball court. And yet, we've all seen the greatest players in history step up and actually play better in the biggest moments. How do they do this? <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about in this episode, and we're going to go through some actually really surprising benefits of fear on performance that scientists at Caltech and Stanford have been studying for a number of years now. We're going to get into some specific techniques for working with fear when it arises. So whether it's pregame nerves or fear of a, a really tough matchup that you're not, not sure you can win, or in the big moments when the game is on the line and the ball is in your hands and you have to deliver, how do you actually work with the fear that you feel? We'll give you a really powerful technique for doing that. And I'm also going to give you some specific training techniques that will make you better and stronger at handling fear in these moments. So I'll say right up front, I believe that this is critical to your long-term success as a basketball player. And actually, turning fear into greater performances is kind of the prerequisite to greatness in this game. We don't consider a player great until they step up in the big moments. Uh, I'm reminded, and you've probably seen this, LeBron in 2011 against the Dallas Mavericks had this really kind of underwhelming performance where I think he averaged 17 or 18 points a game. Dallas won against this Miami super team and the fans and media were all saying, when is this incredibly talented, like generational player going to finally become great. He became great when he delivered in these big moments. And the same went for Michael Jordan, for Kobe Bryant, for guys even like Damian Lillard today who hit these series-ending shots in the playoffs. When they do this, we see the seed of greatness within them. And if you want to become truly great in this game, the ability to turn fear into elevated performance, as we've been saying, is not optional. It's a mandatory. Okay, so this is going to be a really powerful episode for you, I think. And I will start this off by pointing out something that a lot of players don't realize. When the greatest athletes step up in the face of fear, it's not that they don't feel fear. If you study interviews with Kobe and Jordan and even Dame and hear the way that they talk about fear, it's very obvious. They actually experience it a lot like we do. They handle it and they react to it very differently. And the best story <laughs> that I've come across about this comes from George St. Pierre, who's of course one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, if not the greatest. And so in the case of GSP, we've got one of the best athletes in history in probably the scariest sport in the world. And get this, <laughs> GSP himself said that he despised fighting. <laughs> His exact words were that fighting terrified him. And so in the months leading up to fights, he would be tossing and turning in bed, constantly worried about what his opponent would do to him. In the locker room before the fight, he'd feel like he was going to throw up. And when he finally got into the cage, there was so much adrenaline and fear in his system that he could barely stand it. And it got to the point where he thought about quitting because he didn't know if this was right for him. Teammates and training partners would always say things like, you know, I love fighting. I can't wait to get in there. Fight day is the day I look forward to. And for GSP, he said, 
like that was his least favorite day of the year. <laughs> he did not want to do it. And so he's questioning, since I feel so much fear around fighting, is this really the path for me? Should I be doing this at all? And he goes to this sports psychologist who gives him this really kind of unsurprisingly generic advice. And I think the sports psych, um, he said that the sports site gave him this advice to tell yourself that the fear is just excitement. <laughs> of course, this didn't work and George never went back. But he said that when he finally turned the corner in his career as a mixed martial artist is when he realized that the fear was making him a better fighter. In the months leading up to the fight, it was fear that was motivating him to train harder and train smarter and do everything he possibly could to make sure that he won when fight night came. When he was in the octagon, actually in the fight, he said that it was fear that was feeding him with energy and this adrenaline would actually make his awareness sharper. He would, his all of his senses were heightened and he'd pick up on these little nuances of his opponent's movements and make reads and be able to slip punches much more effectively all because of fear. And when he finally started to embrace it, he became the fighter that we know today. And funny enough, a little anecdote or side note to this story is that the one fight he said he didn't feel afraid <laughs> is his first fight against Matt Sarah when he was upset. And Matt Sarah, who was a nobody at the time, knocked out GSP, who was a dominant champion. And I think the first or second round, if I'm not mistaken. And so it was this huge upset. And GSP said it was the one fight that he wasn't afraid of. So if GSP, again, one of the greatest athletes in history in the scariest sport that we know of, said that fear made him a better fighter. What can it do for us? That's what uh, a number of science, neuroscientists at Stanford and Caltech have been studying. And what they're reporting is that number one, as GSP said, it gives us this huge increase in physical energy. There's so much adrenaline going through our system that it's like getting charged full of energy. Not only that, adrenaline actually is correlated with alertness. And so there's this increase in cognition, in actual uh, sharp awareness, where if you think about when we were evolving as a species out in the wild and we had to contend with all these apex predators, it was fear that made us hyper aware of our surroundings and allowed us to pick up on threats in the environment. So it was critical to our survival. And if you think about fear as heightening and sharpening your awareness on the basketball court, it allows us to pick up on all of these little things as long as we use it effectively, which we'll get into in a moment. Fear, of course, increases our motivation and drive. It's probably the strongest motivating factor that we know of as human beings. And if you look at fear, you'll hear me say this multiple times in this talk, fear is an emotion, which stands for energy in motion. In other words, it's literally designed to make us move, to motivate us in a direction. And so fear, once again, is a strong motivating factor. And finally, really interestingly, Fear is directly linked to aggression. So if you think of a cornered animal being the most dangerous type of animal, fear is what makes us more aggressive. And of course, this can cut both ways. All of these things, <laughs> increased energy, hyper awareness, sharp, like clear sensory awareness, motivation, aggression, if a player doesn't know how to handle these things, like getting charged with more voltage, 
and fights against them. It can spin us out. It can make us jittery. The, the jitters that you feel before games are literally more energy moving through your system that is not moving smoothly because we're fighting against it, trying not to feel it. And so one of my teachers, Bruce Francis, who's a Taoist master, former martial artist who used to do cage fighting for money in Japan. One day we are training and he actually calls fear that I'll never forget this. He said, fear and strong emotions like fear are free money. <laughs> so he's speaking, of course, in terms of energetic currency. It's the energetic equivalent of getting thousands of dollars dumped into your nervous system. And there was this double meaning there where he was referring to fear as free money because of his opponent in the cage couldn't handle his fear. That guy was free money. And Bruce knew that he'd be knocking him out and taking home the winner's bonus that night. So <laughs> fear, if we know how to work with it, can be incredibly beneficial to our performance, but it's not for every player. <laughs> so how do we unlock the benefits of fear? Well, think about what most players do. And I've been referring to this throughout this talk, but let's get really specific here. When you feel fear, what do you do in your body? Well, the first thing that you do most likely, if you're like most of us, is tighten up. We don't want to feel it. And we become afraid that we're afraid because in previous experiences, fear made us a worse player. So we start to fear fear itself. <laughs> we clamp down with our body to try to restrict the flow of that energy moving through our system rather than opening up and allowing it to charge us. We sort of get this like tunnel vision, right? We're so focused on the fear and trying to get ourselves out of the fear that we spin off into our thoughts about the fear, which of course distracts us from what's happening in the moment, pulls our attention away from the game and makes us play worse. And to go back to that free money analogy, what most players are doing is freezing all of that free money in an account that they can't access. <laughs> so how do you unlock the account? Well, ask yourself what's missing here. If fear is giving us more energy, sharper alertness and awareness, motivation, even aggression. What's missing? What's missing is the ability to relax. Most players don't even realize that you can be calm and relaxed in the face of fear. Relaxation and fear are not opposites. Sort of if you imagine yourself in the eye of a tornado where there's all of this swirling energy around you and yet right in the middle, there's this calm, still point. This is the point that the greatest athletes in history access. And we'll teach you how to do that in this talk. But I'll also point out that basketball is way behind <laughs> in, the, in the art of dealing with fear and frankly in mental performance in general. Things like, you know, tell yourself that it's just excitement and these lightweight methods, that's not what we're going to talk about here. If you look at the history of martial arts for thousands of years, high-level martial artists and even samurai have been working with fear, with very specific techniques for allowing it to supercharge their performance and heighten their awareness and all of the benefits that we just spoke about, but only because they're training themselves to relax in the face of fear. So if we can take the benefits of fear, again, increased energy, sharper alertness and awareness, motivation, drive, even aggression that allows us to assert ourselves on the game and play physical and aggressive, if we can take all of those benefits and then add in the ability to relax, 
Fear supercharges us. It becomes fuel for our greatest performances. And so in our next chapter, we are going to discuss a, a really a really powerful technique that I call three-level relaxation that will allow you to handle the energy of fear a lot more smoothly. And actually, it can even make it feel kind of comfortable for you, surprisingly enough, when you get good at it. In the chapter after that, we'll get into specific training techniques for working with fear that, again, I recommend every player use in their training. These are very, very powerful. So I hope you're excited for this one. I definitely am. We will get into chapter two right now, which is using, or rather I should say, relaxing in the face of fear. Let's do it. Okay, welcome back. So in our last chapter, we talked about some really surprising benefits of fear, like increased energy, enhanced cognition, sharper awareness, even increases in motivation and drive and aggression so that we can play physically and assertively on the court. We also pointed out that you can only unlock these benefits if you're able to relax in the face of fear. That's easier said than done. We've all had experiences where there's so much adrenaline going through our system that it almost feels like relaxing is impossible in those moments. And so I want to give you a technique that will really help you do this on a deep level when you're struggling with fear the most. And I call this three-level relaxation. So I... I gave this definition in the previous chapter, but I want to mention it again, and it's probably going to be mentioned multiple times through this talk so it sinks in. Fear is an emotion, which stands for energy in motion. In other words, emotional energy is designed to move. As long as the energy of fear is moving, moving smoothly through our system, we're not clamping down and tightening up against it and resisting it. As long as it's moving smoothly, it's not a problem. And it's fueling us and supercharging us with, again, more energy, heightened cognition, so on and so forth. So three-level relaxation, the entire purpose is to allow that energy to move smoothly and in an unobstructed way. And the first level of that is in our body, okay? So whenever we feel fear, the first thing you might notice is that the body contracts against it in an effort to not feel the fear, right? Because it's uncomfortable. And so this contraction might happen in your stomach. It might happen in your solar plexus and chest. It may even happen in your arms or neck. But there's always, and it's, it's unique to everybody, we all have a different sort of somatic pattern that we follow. But notice the next time you feel fear or anxiety or nervousness, where does your body contract? and then simply relax. And there's a principle in deep game that we call the emotional mirror, which basically says that our emotions are always mirrored in our body. And so if you think of somebody that's in a really panicked state, right? If they're experiencing extreme fear, their front side of their body's contracted, they're tight, maybe they're even in really extreme cases, they might be curled up in a ball, like rocking back and forth. And the principle says that every emotion has its physical corollary. So it might not be as extreme as you curling up in a ball, rocking back and forth, but it may be as simple as like the front side of your body just gets tight. So the first step to resolving that is just opening up and relaxing the body. In deep game, we call this getting big. Assume a strong, powerful posture and your emotions will then follow. So don't try to think your way out of that feeling. Just open up and relax the body so that the energy can move smoothly. That's step one, body. Step two is breath. So a lot of the time, 
extreme fear or even just slight fear and nervousness is accompanied by this like short, choppy, restricted breathing or even holding our breath in, in certain cases, what this causes is a buildup of carbon dioxide in our system, which actually scientists have shown increases the stress response. More carbon dioxide in our system as a result of not fully exhaling and expelling the carbon dioxide causes our nervous system to go into this stress response that amplifies the fear and makes it even worse. <laughs> so the antidote to that is to regulate, soften, deepen, and allow our breath to become more full. So we're getting full inhales, full exhales, full inhales, full exhales. And we want this to be more or less relaxed. If you think back to that example we gave in the previous chapter of LeBron in 2011, when he didn't play up to his potential or even close to it in the finals against Dallas, and we saw him kind of fall short of his like full power as a player in that series, the very next year, when the game was on the line against the Boston Celtics in this huge, like, I believe it was in game six, and LeBron looks like a different player this, this year from the previous season. He's stepping up and he's delivering in big moments. In game six, there's this classic clip that shows LeBron on the bench doing eyes closed, full inhale through the nose, full exhale out the mouth. We actually shared this in our masterclass, but LeBron is doing the exact technique we're talking about right now. He's regulating the fear that he's feeling through his breath. And so the rule here, and I'll give you some patterns that you can put your breath in in a moment, but what I want to point out is that Step number one, we relax and open up the body. This actually allows the breath to become more full and more relaxed. And then when we breathe in full, deep, relaxed through the nose, out through the mouth, we immediately begin to relax the nervous system. And if you wanna try this right now so that you can get some like physical experience of it, I think that would help you. But the rule is the more you need to relax, in other words, uh, the less you're able to relax and the more you need to, the longer and more relaxed the exhale should be. So it might just look like. Notice how that exhale was longer than the inhale. I can feel my nervous system immediately soften and regulate. So try that out now. And as you're doing that, the next step and I'll point out in a moment how all these steps just happen simultaneously at once, but the next step is in the mind. The rule is feel the fear without thinking about it. <laughs> I know that's easier said than done, but when we feel fear as a physical sensation of energy moving through our body, you may realize that fear without thoughts about the fear is actually just sensation. It's nothing more. When we tie ourselves up in fear and it begins to hurt our performance is when we get trapped in our thoughts about the fear and we try to think our way out of that trap that we've created with our thoughts. <laughs> of course that never works and we all know this, uh, especially those who have been doing this deep game work for any length of time. So the rule is just simply feel the fear as energy moving through our nervous system. And as I just said, I, I think the best way that you can approach this quote-unquote technique is less looking at it as a technique that you follow step by step by step and more like a posture that you assume. And in the Taoist tradition, 
we speak about energetic postures, which means it's not just a physical posture that you're assuming, it's a mental, psychological, emotional posture. So on all levels, you're assuming this powerful posture in the face of fear. You're going from this kind of contracted, restricted, uh, nervous posture to a strong, open, even courageous posture. You can imagine yourself as a visualization going from the hunted, the prey that's trying to get away from the fear, to the hunter who's relaxing and stepping up in the face of fear. So think of it as a posture that happens all at once. I know we went through those three levels one by one, but really the body, breath, and mind happen all at the same time. So fear arises in your system. Immediately, you open up the body and get big at the same time as you relax and regulate the breathing, at the same time as you feel the fear as energy moving through your body. In doing this, you assume this strong posture. Once again, the hunter, not the hunted. And we'll get into some specific techniques of how and when to use this. I want to clarify and go deeper on like allowing you to see like, okay, here's when and uh, whether it's pregame, during the game, there's different ways to use it. But what I want to point out before we do that is, and I, I wish this was obvious, but it's it's not. I know I'm going to get this question at least once. Do not try to make yourself feel fear in order to get the benefits we've been speaking about. There's a few reasons for this. The first one being that that's an advanced move, okay? If there's a highly trained deep game practitioner who has been meditating for years and doing some more advanced practices, maybe we get into the art of actually triggering fear intentionally while you're on the court to like get this increase in energy, but you better be good at doing these techniques if you're gonna play with stuff like that. The other reason is that strong emotions like fear have a relatively short emotional life cycle. And so we do get this increase in energy and cognition and all of these other things, but afterwards there's typically a crash. And so because of this, we only want to work with fear and work with strong emotions when they arise naturally, because at that point they're already there. (laughs) And so we may as well use them in a productive way rather than allowing them to just tie us up in knots and and ruin our performance, right? So again, the rule is work with fear only when it arises naturally. Don't try to trigger this and make yourself feel fear in an attempt to get the benefits that we've been speaking of. I hope that's clear. So when to use this? First obvious one, pregame or on the bench. So this means you're not actively in the game and you're just in in a state of rest. So In this case, we have a little bit more time to work through the techniques and you can actually focus on, okay, where is the fear in my body? It's like contracted. Okay, let me open up my body. Let me assume a strong physical posture, relax and let the energy move smoothly. We have more time to regulate and open up and relax our breath in the same way that we saw LeBron do in the 2012, I think it was the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston when he did this classic clip inhaling through the mouth or sorry inhaling through the nose exhaling through the mouth in this relaxed rhythm with his eyes closed we can start to do things like this and then of course feeling the fear as energy without thinking about it now one technique that this opportunity opens up for us because we're not actively playing is to put our breath in a pattern 
the pattern that I would suggest for you, and by pattern I just mean a certain cadence of inhale, hold, exhale. The pattern I'd suggest is four, seven, eight. So it's a four, seven, rather four second inhale through the nose, a seven second hold at the top of the breath, and then an eight second exhale through the mouth. So I'll do it for you now. It looks like this. So notice it's a full inhale, seven second hold, and then a full exhale, meaning all of the breath and all of that carbon dioxide is expelled for eight seconds. And uh, one little nuance here is to do this with pursed lips. It really helps. So your lips are kind of imagine like a like fish lips, not quite fish lips, but just a, a small uh, opening in your mouth. Just like that. So that pattern of breathing, if you want to try it now, you'll immediately feel your nervous system begin to regulate. This can be really powerful, again, pre-game when you have time to do it or in a break in the play on the bench. If you have it available to you, you can try it, okay? The only caveat is that this can relax us even a little bit too much, more than we want to be relaxed. So play with this. And you want to use these techniques in your training and in practices and away from games ahead of time so that you get used to them and and know when to use them when you know the <laughs> lights are bright and the moment is big and you need them second one when you're during or rather when you're playing actively in the game maybe uh before big free throws imagine yourself the clock has expired you just got fouled your team's down one and you have two free throws to win the game that's a time when you better be sure <laughs> you need to use that fear in the right way. And that involves like just very quickly open, relax your body. Maybe you can even like shake your body out, relax and regulate your breath and just feel the sensation in your body rather than trying to think your way out of the fear and try not to feel it. And then you're shooting all tight and contracted and the results are never good. <laughs> relax and practice this but we don't have the ability to put our breath in a pattern most often because like we're already taking the free throws maybe you're up near half court you're dribbling the ball defenders guarding you and you just are feeling a little bit of like hesitation and nervousness and there's 10 seconds left and the ball's in your hands and your coach just called an iso for you to win the game relax your body breathe deep and attack okay that's the only way rather than being tight and contracted during the game at a higher level okay literally as you're playing keep your body relaxed as often as you can so that the energy can move smoothly keep your breath as relaxed and regulated as you can in little breaks in the game maybe the ref blows his whistle go back like make sure your breath is smooth okay back to the play back to the play but keep yourself in this state as often as you can this is the higher level application is to literally play the entire game in this posture there's never a point during the game of basketball where it's beneficial to start holding your breath and contracting yourself right it's always going to be of benefit to keep your body open strong relaxed breathing regular and 
feel the sensation of the energy rather than getting spun off into your thoughts about it. Now, in your daily life, this is a really powerful way to practice this. Whenever nerves, anxiety of any kind come up for you, you can go back to this posture. Three-level relaxation, again, body, breath, and mind. Use those opportunities to practice as often as you can, and you'll find that daily life just gets really smooth, actually. Fear might arise, and you can just regulate yourself and pass it through your system effortlessly. And at a high level, just as I said, to play the entire game this way, live your entire life this way. Ask yourself, is it ever of benefit to get into this contracted, dysregulated state where you're overthinking and nervous and tight? Or is it better to stay in this big, strong, energetically stable centered posture? The first time I worked with like really high level meditators, this was back in Maui, I think in 2016. And I mean really high level. I'd practiced meditation for many years, but at this point, like this was my first encounter with a true master and actually multiple masters. It shocked me just the way that they looked and carried themselves. It was like looking at a different species of human being. I was like, oh, wait, oh, right. That's what that looks like. <laughs> and one of my teachers, his name is actually, his real name is actually Mountain. And it was so funny that he almost has the energetic posture of a mountain. I'm like this guy is just so strong and open and stable and things happen and he's just so fluid with it such an incredible example and these are all uh come to think of it former martial artists who have been working with fear and strongly charged emotions for their entire lives through martial arts and now through meditation qigong and so on and so the reason i bring this up is just to say that it is possible to live your entire life in this way and it's beneficial to do that as well so challenge yourself whenever you find that you're just like contracted and like your breathing's dysregulated and you're stuck up in your thoughts, three-level relaxation posture. Go right back into it, okay? So once again, this isn't easy. <laughs> We've outlined the steps to doing it and it's quite simple, like body, breath, and mind, relaxed, open, regulated. That should be clear by now. I hope I've described it in detail. That doesn't mean it's easy to do. When there's a lot of adrenaline coursing through your system, it can be hard to relax. It can be hard not to spin off into your mind. And it requires training. So our next chapter is going to be discussing some specific training techniques that, again, I recommend for every basketball player that can really help you get strong at doing this. And I would implement these into your program right away. All right? So... <laughs> That's all done for chapter number two. Let's get into chapter three, training techniques for mastering fear right now. Okay, welcome back. So in our last chapter, we discussed the three-level relaxation technique to use anytime fear arises. And this will allow the energy of fear to move smoothly through you and actually heighten your performance rather than hinder it. It's easier said than done, <laughs> of course, as we said. The ability to relax with really strong fear moving through your system must be trained. And basketball as a whole just hasn't offered a lot of techniques for doing this, if any. 
However, in the field of something like martial arts, there's a long, long history dating back thousands of years of practitioners working with fear using specific techniques like the ancient samurai who would meditate on their death before going into battle so that they no longer feared death. <laughs> there was techniques just like this that they would use on a daily basis. And even in modern day, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners, the best submission grapplers in the world, will actually have their training partners Partners, put them into these compromised positions like going into a full-blown rear naked choke or, or an arm bar where your arm is cranked and about to break and then they'll start the practice in those positions to train their ability to relax into them and still execute correctly rather than becoming reactive and tight because again if your arms cranked back here and you become tight and reactive your arms gonna break so in martial arts, they have all of these techniques and ways of doing this and they focus their training on it because they know that it's something you have to get stronger at. And in the same way as if you walked into the weight room for the first time and put 300 pounds in your back to squat, most likely that weight is going to hurt you pretty bad. You might get crushed. Another person might walk into the weight room after years of training and rep that out as a warm-up. And in the same way, the greatest athletes in history are literally just emotionally stronger. And it's a matter of how much fear can you relax with? Can you lift like 100 pounds of fear or can you lift 500 pounds of fear? Those are two very different athletes with very different capacities to execute and deliver when the game is on the line in the heat of the moment under pressure. So some techniques that I really suggest adding to your training program. The first one is five to 10 minutes per workout of active visualization. You can do this at the end of workouts. It's really, it's most useful, I think, to do this freestyle. So in an un informal way, all you do here is you call to mind a really stressful, high pressure situation. And that could mean like, buzzer's gone off, you have to shoot two free throws to win the game. It could mean ball's at the top of the key, you got an ISO called for you, team is cleared out, five seconds left, you've got to hit a shot to win the game. Things of this nature. Doesn't matter what the scenario is, if you have a game coming up where you think this might happen or you have like a tough matchup that you're going up against and you're a little bit afraid of this matchup, all we're doing here is calling to mind that scenario with the goal of actually feeling fear in our body. We don't just want to mentally think about it. We want an emotional reaction to be triggered. Once this emotional reaction is triggered, and we're again, we're doing this in training, not during the game, we go into our move or the free throws that we need to shoot or uh, attacking that matchup, matchup. And we do this in the form of active visualization, mean, meaning we actually play out that scenario alone in the gym. And we do it in a relaxed state with some sensation of fear in our system. This is something, it, it's so funny to think back to when you were a kid on the driveway imagining yourself in the NBA Finals game seven, games on the line, you've got the ball and you hit the shot to win the game. We do this as kids and yet we can formalize this into a training method that will make us so much better in those moments as long as, and, and this is the big key here, I know I said this before, you trigger some emotional resonance. You actually have to feel the emotion in your body to make this effective. So five to 10 minutes per workout of active visualization at the end of your workouts can go a long way. 
doing this with free throws, ISO plays, a mixture of both. Choose the scenario. The scenario matters less than the actual feeling that you are practicing relaxing with. The second technique that can be surprisingly effective, and this may sound weird at first, but getting into a freezing cold shower or an ice bath and then practicing relaxing the physical body and breath well under that freezing cold water. This is not easy to do, but surprisingly, the adrenaline dump that we get, or the adre- not the adrenaline dump, but the increase in adrenaline that we get in cold water mirrors the increase in adrenaline that we get when we have fear and nervousness in our, in our system surprisingly closely. Okay, so if you get into a freezing cold shower, you're immediately going to find yourself tightening up and reacting in the same way that you would react in the face of fear. So get into that freezing cold water and then practice just relaxing. Practice the three level relaxation technique and do this daily. I would, I literally bought myself long, long time ago a shower timer and I would just set the timer for three minutes every morning, crank it as cold as it would go step into the shower and practice relaxing. And I've been doing this for years and I cannot tell you how beneficial it has been in my life. It has all of these health benefits that I don't want to get into, increasing immune function and so on and so forth. Uh, (laughs) Do your own research on this. The research is vast and impressive, but an additional benefit is helping you relax in the face of this extreme discomfort. So try that out. Next one, is take advantage of every life opportunity that you come across where there's fear, anxiety, nervousness that arises in your system. Maybe it could be with, like this is a common one, with your girlfriend or boyfriend when they do something that you get a little bit jealous and nervous of. Practice, use that as an opportunity to practice. If you have a test coming up that you are nervous about, Use that as an ability to practice three-level relaxation. If you have, if you're sitting in class one day and you've got this big game that night, practice relaxing using three-level relaxation. Every single one of these life opportunities is a tra- is a chance to train your ability to use fear in the right way. So take advantage. Most people completely block out (laughs) these chances whenever they're feeling something they don't want to feel. We just block it out. That's like, again, to use that free money analogy, like somebody gives us a bunch of cash and we just throw it away. Use these opportunities. And the other, to piggyback on that, we talked about life opportunities. The same goes for basketball opportunities. And one of my favorite sayings, actually my favorite mixed martial artist today is Israel Adesanya, who is a middleweight. If you follow the UFC, he's one of the greatest middleweights in history. And he has this saying, pressure is like caviar. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> pressure is like caviar. It's an acquired taste. Not everybody likes pressure and the fear and anxiousness and nervousness that comes with it, but you can acquire the taste. And think of how you acquire a taste is through exposure through that thing that you're acquiring the taste of. So when I w- first drank coffee, I thought it was kind of weird. I took a sip and I was like, what is this stuff? Why do people drink this? It's kind of gross. Then I took another sip and hmm. It's kind of interesting. Took another sip. Finally, like the whole cup is gone. The next day I'm ordering another coffee and now it's my favorite thing. (laughs) So you acquire the taste through exposure to it. The same goes for wine or whatever the case may be. And the same goes for pressure. Pressure is like caviar. So 
opportunities to expose ourselves to nerves, fear, anxiety, pressure are all opportunities to acquire the taste for it so that we become comfortable with it. And in basketball, my strong advice, if you're serious about long-term success, is to hunt down every opportunity that scares you. Toughest matchups, biggest moments during games, the highest pressure situations, become a hunter of those situations. And I think back to like early day Kobe Bryant, I think in his second year and in his first year, if I'm not mistaken, he matched up against Michael Jordan <laughs> several times. And instead of shying away from those matchups and playing a little bit timid, like a lot of players did against MJ back in those days, he stepped up and he attacked him. And he went at those opportunities because he knew like, yeah, MJ is going to get the best of me. He's Michael Jordan. I don't care. These opportunities that would be nerve wracking. I want to expose myself to them because in the long term, it's going to make me a better player. This is the essence of law number four, the law of transformation, which states the player who seeks growth advances faster than the player who seeks accomplishment, which means expose yourself to opportunities that are going to train you in the ability to channel fear into elevated performance. And that means exposing yourself to the chance for failure. <laughs> if you step up and you say, okay, game's on the line, I want the ball. Win, lose, or draw. This is my opportunity to get better at doing this. So use every basketball opportunity that comes your way. And I'll finish this off with a more advanced practice. And I alluded to this, the samurai meditating on their own death. I'm not suggesting that every player do this. You do have to have some skill at meditation, but this is a, an extremely powerful way to practice meditation and practice working with fear. So again, if you haven't meditated ever before, maybe leave this one until you have. If you've been doing the deep game program and you're, you're versed in the practices and you have some ability to focus your mind and feel inside your body and things of this nature, this might be something to try out. So I'll mention it here. The advanced practice is meditating on fear itself. So the way that we do this, just like our active visualization on the basketball court, we actually sit down in a meditative, in a meditation practice. We start off just by breathing and focusing our mind, coming to a still place. As soon as you reach that point of stillness in your practice, whether that takes five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever the case may be, we then call to mind a situation that causes us nervousness, anxiety, or fear. When that fear arises in our body, we actually feel it. Again, going back to three-level relaxation, feel the fear without thinking about it. We start to feel the energy of that fear move through our body. And all we do is we practice three-level relaxation. <laughs> this is a really simple form of, in the Taoist tradition, the practice of inner dissolving, which is an ancient, ancient meditation practice. This is a really simple form of that. Meditate on fear. If you have a game coming up that you're a little bit nervous about, big matchup, like crosstown rival, something of that nature, scouts coming to watch you play, whatever, whatever the case may be, sit down, go into meditation, and call that event to mind and then meditate on the fear that arises. What you'll find is this actually retroactively dissolves the fear out of your system so that when you get into that situation, the fear doesn't really bother you. You're comfortable with it. It's a really, really powerful thing to do in the same spirit of, again, the samurai meditating on their own death. We can do the same 
the same thing as basketball players. Again, this is advanced. If you don't have any experience meditating, go watch uh, perhaps our complete guide to meditation talk where I go into uh, how to meditate and give you a guided practice for meditating. But if you do have some experience, this can be a really powerful way to do it. So I will end this off by saying that my biggest wish for this talk and really my true motivation here is to help you stop fighting against fear and treating it as an enemy that you constantly have to fight against and overcome and rather turn fear into an ally and a weapon in your arsenal as fuel for your greatest performances. And I'll finish this talk off with a quote that I came across from Mike Tyson that goes, fear is my friend. I love fear. Fear allows me to reach my highest potential. This is a secret of the greatest athletes in history, whether you look at Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Damian Lillard today, who were able to step up in the face of fear and deliver over and over and over again and do it in such a way that the fear we realize actually makes them better players. If you look at the greatest martial artists in history, UFC fighters like George St. Pierre, they all had this ability and now you have the tools to do the same thing. So I hope that this helps you so much in your basketball career. I know how powerful this can be. So I really encourage you use the techniques that we've discussed here. And <laughs> I'll end this off by saying, the greatest moments of your life are on the other side of fear. Your most iconic performances, your biggest moments as a basketball player are on the other side of the fear that you feel going into them. So step up, use that fear to help you perform at the best of your ability. And <laughs> that is what greatness is made of. Okay, so that's my wish for you. If you need any help at all, reach out to us anytime. I can't wait to hear your results with this and I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com and take our free masterclass where you'll learn all eight laws of the deep game and all of the fundamentals of the part of basketball that's played with the mind. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives, and it's completely free right now. So head over to deepgame.com, take the masterclass, and I will see you there.